Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Thank you for being in God's house this morning. We're continuing our series on next level, uh, next level Living. And we had Next Level Vision a few weeks ago. We had Next Level Commitment. The first part of it last week, we talked about Daniel. He purposed in his heart. But before we get there, I want to always remind us what Next Level Living is. Next Level Living is doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. We're talking about our spiritual lives here at church. We're not just talking about self-help stuff. This is church. This is uh, what God wants to do in your life. This is our spiritual lives. And I'll say this. When your spiritual life is healthy, the rest of parts of your life will also be healthy. If I'm walking with God, if my Uh, life is lived for him, uh, set apart for him, and I'm following what he wants me to do, I I think my marriage is going to be doing better than if I wasn't. I think I'm going to raise my kids a little bit better than if I wasn't. I think I'm going to be a better employee and a better citizen and fill in the blank, a better son, uh, a better father when I am walking with him. So if we are living lives set apart uh, with purpose for Jesus Christ and what he wants to do, um, then, then the rest of our lives will fall into place. So we're talking about doing whatever it takes to move forward in growth, but following Christ. When you follow something, you're being led to a destination. I'm going to say this every week because I want us to get it really ingrained in our minds. We are, we are moving forward. What's our destination? A healthy walk with Jesus Christ. A life lived for Him. Where we know that we are following and we are uh, accomplishing the purposes that He has for our lives. I think we all would say that we want that. Our theme verse for the year, for next level, 2023, was in Isaiah. And it says, for I'm about to do something new. This is God speaking. Uh, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. What does God want to do new in your life today? What has he already been working on in your life today? Okay, we're talking about next level living. God is always, God is always, God is always at work in our lives, throughout our lives. Every trial, every circumstance, every blessing, every boring day, God is with us. God is pouring his grace out onto us. God is trying to teach us something. We just, I just mentioned that tragic story of this young man from my youth group. Uh, and, and I mourn with the family. I wish I could be there for the services next week. But through this trial, through this tragedy, God is trying to speak to my heart. He's trying to give me perspective. In certain ways, he said, you know what? You do need to reach out a little bit more to some of those young people that you invested in. They may need you. The kid that I talked to yesterday, his best, the kid's best friend, said, I really want to stay in touch with you. I said, well, we're going to, man. We're going to. God is always at work in our lives. He's always doing something. So we're going to continue this series, uh, uh, this, this kind of sub-series here about commitment. So let's pray and ask God to bless the message. We'll jump right in. Lord, we love you. We need you. Please, God, help us, Lord. Lord, those who may be listening online even, please, God, speak to hearts. Help us to be truly committed. Help us have next-level commitment in our Christians' lives. I speak the name of Jesus over this message, over these people today. In your precious name, amen. Last week, we talked about commitment. Remember, I showed the video of the herring run in Brewster right there on Stony Brook Road, and we talked about these herrings that will come from the Atlantic Ocean. They were born in the freshwater streams and ponds on Cape. They'll grow up, and they'll go out to the Atlantic Ocean, and when they're ready to spawn and breed again, they will actually come back to where they were 
were born. And this little tiny herring run in, in Brewster has all these little steps up, up these rivers that were built for them. And they are going against the current, hopping up each one. I showed a video of it. It was amazing, uh, really cool. They, they obviously are facing many obstacles on their way back, and, um, but they're not giving up. We talked about commitment. These little fish, these little ale fish, these little herring are committed. They're jumping level to level. And I said, many of us, unfortunately, unlike those fish, we lack real genuine commitment. Uh, we lack next level commitment, sacrificial commitment, plan changing and life altering commitment. And we talked about how next level commitment, like Daniel in Daniel chapter 1, uh, Daniel was a Babylonian captain. He was one of God's people, one of the Jews. And, and the Babylonian enemy came and conquered their city and conquered Jerusalem and took all these young men captive and they were going to serve them. And Daniel was one of these young men and his three friends uh, that were kind of servants to the king. And the king wanted to feed them well and give them things and give them some of his own food and wine. And Daniel said, I can't do that. The Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat is what the Bible says. He said, I'm not, I can't do that. I can't go against what I believe. I can't go against what I've been taught. I can't do that. And the, 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 the king ended up, they ended up allowing them to do this. And in the end, we saw that, yes, next level commitment sets you apart. David was set apart. Okay, he was the only one doing things differently. Next level commitment pushes against the status quo. Uh, it sets you apart from the crowd. But we saw that Daniel, at the end of those 10 days where he got to eat his own vegetables and water and, and not the king's food, him and his friends were stronger uh, and faster than all the other captives that were there that were eating the king's food. And the king said, well, these guys were right. And he promoted them. And, and well, God promoted them. And we said, yes, next level commitment sets you apart. But it sets you apart for greater things than you can imagine. You are set apart for a purpose. And that was last week's message review about commitment. Next level commitment, yes, it sets you apart. But it sets you apart for greater things. It sets you apart for greater purpose than you could ever imagine. So we're moving forward now in this series. What else does next level commitment look like? Well, this past Tuesday was Charlie's eighth birthday. Very exciting. And we were driving back home. And we were driving by the Herring Run again. And I said, hey, you want to stop, buddy? It was just us. I took him out of school early. We went, and, we went to, to Ten Pin and played at the arcade for his birthday. It was really fun. And he said, yeah, let's stop and look at it again. Just us. So we stopped. And I saw something else. I hope these videos work. This time when we went, the first time you saw, we there all the fishes. This time when I was there, was really no people there. But there was like a thousand seagulls. Thousands of them. And I'm like, I don't really like seagulls. I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is, I kind of heard something. I'm like, I wonder if what I think is going to happen is going to happen. So I mentioned last week that these herring face many obstacles. One of the main obstacles that they face is these stupid seagulls. Okay, nobody likes seagulls. Really, nobody likes seagulls. They're annoying. They're loud. They literally make fun of them in Finding Nemo. Like, it's just, nobody likes seagulls, especially these herring, okay? Because what they'll do is they'll sit there, and they'll just dive bomb and just eat these, just boom, one big gulp. And I'll see if this video works. Okay, here we go. So this is how I'm, this is, you can see him diving in, going for it. I'm going to get a quick little clip of one that just gets one. You're not going to be able to see it, but I have another video next. But these things are everywhere. Look at this one. Boom, boom, boom. And he swallows it whole. Watch his neck. Keep an eye on that one right there. So yep, trying to get that thing all the way down. It is insane. And they sit here, and they continually, as these fish are trying to get where they need to go, are continually being attacked by these dumb seagulls. And many of them, unfortunately, are not making it. There it goes, boom, dive bomb, dive bomb. And they're not making it. Here's one, I got a better video, and you'll see what I mean, a little bit clearer. 
Look at this thing. This is what's going on. Boom. If you have weak stomachs, you can look away. All the way down the hatch. Isn't that nice, Sean? Pretty cool, right? Goodness gracious. I saw this with Charlie, and that was me laughing, like, oh my goodness, it was crazy. Like, listen, I'm a, I like food too, and I can eat a lot, but that is insanity. I saw that, and, and I thought about these poor fish, and I thought about this, this message. I'd already planned out, I knew what I was preaching today, but it was like a perfect illustration, ties right in with last week's as well, about next level commitment. Many of you know this, many of you have already lived this truth that we're going to talk about today. But next level commitment, yes, it sets you apart for greater things, but next level commitment is not free of risk and challenges, is it? it uh, next level, being committed to Jesus Christ fully, next level commitment, it's not always just a walk in the park. It's not free of risk, but the end result is always worth it. Anything of real worth starts with commitment. Hear this truth this morning, church. Anything of real worth starts with com commitment and requires fierce determination on your journey towards that end result. I want to read it again. I want you to really think about this thought. Anything of real worth, anything that really matters, anything that's worth fighting for, anything of real worth starts with commitment. I'm going to do it. And requires fierce determination on your journey towards that end result. You want a healthy marriage? You have to work at it. It's not just going to happen, is it? You have to work at it. You have to uh, uh, talk things out. You have to change some things about yourself sometimes. Now, a strong walk with God requires commitment. I'm going to get up earlier than, I have to, than the moment I have to leave for work and spend some time in the Word of God and spend some time in prayer. Before I go to bed, I'm going to make sure I pray, I'm, even though if I'm tired. It requires commitment. If you want to have a practically a job promotion, you can be a good employee. It requires commitment. Even more practically, you want a new car, you want something new, you're saving up for something. You have to commit, you have to maybe not go out to eat, or not get as much coffee, or whatever it may be, because you're saving towards something. Anything of real worth starts with commitment and requires fierce determination on your journey towards that end re result. Sacrifices must be made. Boundaries must be set. And that fierce determination on that journey will often lead you to crossroads where you have to choose. When you're, you're committed to something, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards something, whatever it may be, fill in the blank. You're going to come to crossroads where you have to choose between right and wrong. I want to get to this result. And I'm at a crossroads, right or wrong. Uh, uh, maybe easy or hard. The easy way, the, the bigger road, yeah, but then the narrow way is the way you need to go. Uh, sometimes you get to between Christ and what he wants and what you want. Next level commitment will lead to some challenging times. So let's look at the passage today. We're in the book of Daniel. We, we, uh, read, we did chapter 1 last week, Daniel, Purpose in His Heart. We're going to bump over chapter 2. Chapter 2, what happens is Daniel is there. He's obviously been promoted in the kingdom. The king has a dream that he doesn't know what it means. And we see that he's really upset that he doesn't know what it means. And he asks all his magicians and interpreters and sorcerers to interpret it. And he says, if you don't interpret it, I'm going to kill you. He's a very killy kind of guy, King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And no one can, but Daniel says, I can interpret the dream, and he does. Um, and we see in verse 27, um, and I, the scriptures aren't on the screen because I'm just reading quickly, but in verse 27 of chapter 2, uh, the king says in verse 26, is it true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? And Daniel says to him, uh, there are no wise men, there's no enchanters, no magicians or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secret, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. So he says, listen, none of you guys can do it, but there's a God in heaven that can do it. And what a great truth that is for our lives today. That, listen, uh, uh, your job can't give you peace. Your marriage can't give you peace. Your kids can't give you uh, pure, unadulterated, lasting forever joy because we will all be failed by something. But there is a God in heaven that can do all those things for us. But Daniel interprets his dream for him. And at the end of the chapter, because we're, we're bumping over to chapter 3, in verse 48, after Daniel interprets his dream correctly, it says the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon as well as chief over all his wise men. And look at this, verse 49. At Daniel's request, the king also appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court. So Daniel and his three buddies, Daniel said, hey, I want my three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I want them to be in charge of kind of the whole province here. And the king agreed to it. So Daniel stayed with the king and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are now in charge of everything that's going on. So we get to chapter 3, okay? In chapter 3, this starts off with Nebuchadnezzar building this gigantic gold statue. And I have an illustration for you. That's not a, a real picture. They didn't have cameras back then. It's an illustration. We're not sure exactly if that's how it looked, but it's a pretty good, kind of gives you something to put in your mind. He builds this gigantic statue of gold. It's uh, uh, over 90 feet tall, the Bible tells us. And, and he says in the first five verses, uh, he makes this decree that the people of all races, all nations, everybody, when the music begins to play, they had all these instrumentalists, when the music begins to play, every person must bow down and worship the golden statue that the king has put up. And it says in verse 6 that anybody who doesn't bow down and worship when the music begins will immediately be thrown into a blazing, fiery furnace. Like I said, King Nebuchadnezzar, kind of a killy kind of guy. He always is on the edge of killing somebody, unfortunately. He says, if you don't worship the golden statue that I made, look what I did. If you don't worship when the music starts, you're being thrown into a fiery furnace. Verse 7, the Bible says that the sound of musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language was, they bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But not everybody did. Okay, verses 8 through 12, the Bible tells us that some of the king's astrologers and magicians went to the king to kind of pretty much tattle on some that weren't bowing. The Bible tells us that they go to the king and say, King, remember that decree that you set up where when the music starts that everybody has to worship and they go through the whole thing? Verse 12, they said, there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you put in charge of all of Babylon. They're not paying attention to you. They're not listening to your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. So they're tattling, verse, uh, verse 12 says, that they tell on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they're not listening. And that's just a great picture of commitment. When everybody else is doing it, these guys say, we're not doing this. They're in charge. They're the leaders. And they're like, we're not going to do what we're not supposed to do. They were committed. Okay, verse number 13. It says that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, flew into a rage. 
and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. The Bible says that when they were brought before him, Nebuchadnezzar says to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my God or worship the statue that I've set up? I'm going to give you one more chance, he says. I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I've made when you hear the music play. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And the king goes as far as to say this, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? So this king is really prideful, really cocky, and he says, listen, if you don't do it, I'm throwing you in, and what God's going to rescue you then? Well, the scriptures say, and I have these ones on the screen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We don't, we don't need to defend ourselves to you, king. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. And I love this in verse 18. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou has set up. These three Hebrew boys, young men, had enough faith, enough commitment to their God that they said, we don't even need to defend ourselves, king. You're all mad and ticked off and you're in a rage. We don't need, we're not even careful to answer you in this, about this. We're not going to do it. And the king, didn't he say, he said, what God will be able to rescue from my power? They said, our God will deliver us from the furnace. And he'll definitely deliver us out of your hand. They work for him. Literally. He said, our, my God, our God will deliver us from the fire and from your hand. But then they go as far as say, but if he doesn't, if we perish in the fire, we're, not, we're still not going to worship. doesn't matter. Either way, we are committed. And the thought today that we're going to talk about as we finish up is that next level commitment, last week we talked about it sets us apart. Next level commitment oftentimes will lead you to the fire. Next level commitment to Christ will lead you to the fire. These guys had guts. They had a, a gospel confidence in their God. Not only to refuse to bow, but to boldly defy the king to his enrage. In verse 19 says that he gets so mad that his face actually is distorted with anger, which is kind of funny to think about. He's so angry, his face just gets so mad. They boldly defy him to his face. And they say, and if he doesn't rescue us, even if he doesn't save us from the fire, we're still not worshiping. We serve God. We believe God. We trust God. There's a song by Mercy Me called Even If, and I want to read some of the lyrics to it. And the song says this, and, and, and maybe this will speak to some of your hearts this morning. It says, I, I know you're able, and I know you can, save through the fire with your mighty hand, but even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow, and I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word, but even if you don't, my hope is you alone.
Church, do we have that level of commitment? Do I have that level of commitment that says, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to love God, I'm going to trust God no matter what, I'm going to follow Him no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way. But even if trials come, even if sickness comes, even if sorrow comes and hurt comes, even if prayers go unanswered, even if miracles don't really show up on my doorstep, I will still choose Jesus. Do we have that level of commitment, church? I hope you don't tire of my personal illustrations. I kind of use the same examples um, all the time. But I think personally that the best illustrations in a message about biblical truth are not just stories about people that you never met or like fancy inspirational stories of like, you know, but personal stories where I've seen God do things or where I've seen other uh, other people's lives that God's done things. I've tried to be and stay committed to Jesus and his calling on my life, and his will for my family. I've, I have tried to do that through my life. I've not always been perfect. Obviously, none of us are. Some days have been easy, and some days have been full of plenty, and some haven't. Some days on this journey of life, following God, doing what he's called us to do, some days have been happy and full of joy, and some haven't. Some days it seems that everything is going perfectly and smoothly and there's not a care in the world and, 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 and man, just the blessings are just overflowing and they're easy to see and some days it hasn't seemed that way. See, I prayed for months that God would give us that house on Traders Lane that we lived in for so long where we started the church that felt like a perfect fit for us. I prayed for months in faith that God would do that and he didn't. I've prayed for years that God would deliver my son Seth from his hardest struggles through autism with his communication and, and things like that. I, I, we prayed as a couple and as a for years that God would deliver him and God help him, help him. And although Seth, yes, has progressed immensely, he still has a long way to go and he still struggles day to day. I have seen prayers go unanswered for a long time. I have seen sickness remain. I have seen money not come in when it was needed, when I thought it was needed. I have seen relationships not restored. Does that mean God isn't listening? Does that mean that my prayers were in vain? Does that mean that that God doesn't care about me, about my troubles and struggles? Does that mean that my commitment to him all all these years was a waste of time? Well, let's look at the passage. Verse 19. I'll read it. You can just follow along. Verse 19 says that Nebuchadnezzar, after they said to him, after they said to Nebuchadnezzar, doesn't matter, even if God doesn't save us, we're still not going to worship. We're still not going to do what you're telling us to do. Doesn't matter. Verse 19 says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He was so mad. And it says that he commanded that the furnace be heated uh, seven times hotter than usual. This guy had a temper, man. He had a temper. And they, seven times hotter. He ordered his strongest men, his strongest guard, to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to bind them, and to throw them into the furnace. So they tied them up. They throw them in the furnace, uh, um, fully dressed in their pants and their turbans and, their, and everything and all their clothes. They throw them in. And because the king in his anger had demanded it to be seven times hotter, those guards that threw them in, when they tossed them in, they were immediately killed because of the heat of the furnace. Those guards. They throw the three Hebrew boys in. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
securely tied into the roaring flames. Big deal. Verse 24, though, says suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumps up in amazement, exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Wasn't it just three? Wasn't it just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He said, yes, your majesty, we certainly did. That, that's the only ones that were there. And Nebuchadnezzar says in verse 25, look. He says, I see four men in there. Unbound, walking around, unharmed, in the fire, in the furnace. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar comes as close as he can to the flames, it says in the scriptures. And he shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out here. And it says that they walked out of the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego step out of the fire. And all the people around see that the fire had not touched them. Their clothes were not burned. Their hair was not singed. The Bible even says, it says not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. I love that the scriptures are so detailed in this. And Nebuchadnezzar in verse 28 says, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel, and people, scholars have said that this is in the Old Testament, that this was Jesus, the Son of God, in the fire with them. I mean, who knows? But it's just exciting that God sent his son Jesus to the fire, or an angel, whoever, but they're in there with him. And he says, he sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's command, were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. And then he makes another decree. He says, if any, anybody in this province of Babylon, we're all going to worship the one true God. We're all going to worship Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel's God. Forget the statue. And then he even says, like I said, he's a kind of a killy kind of guy. If any people don't, don't bow to, to, and worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be burned into heaps of rubble. This guy really needs to get off the throne because he's a little crazy. But that's how he's like, listen, there's only one God, and it's their God. And the king promoted them again to even higher positions in Babylon. It, it, it's incredible. Next level commitment to Christ, yes, will often lead you to the fire. It literally did for these guys. Literally led them to the fire. To an actual fire. But for us, we have to realize this, church. I, I, I can't tell how many people I've met. And, and, and they give their heart to Christ. And then they expect life to just be like super simple. Like, I, got, I gave my heart to Christ. How come things are hard now? I thought I was supposed to take all my problems away. That's not what it is. The Christian life is not always easy, and not because that there, you know, people think, well, there's all these rules and regulations that we have to follow. I'm not, that's not it. We just sang about that. Tear down the walls of my religion and break up the ground of my tradition. It's not about that. Why is the Christian life sometimes challenging? Why is the Christian life not always easy? It's because we have an enemy who hates us enough to attack us where it hurts and to attack us when we're already down. But it's also, the Christian life is also challenging, not just because we have an enemy who hates us, but it's sometimes challenging because we have a God, a Father, who loves us enough to allow us to face difficulties, to permit our lives to have challenges and struggles and to face the fire so that He can grow us. 
So if I choose next level commitment and still face the fire of life, does that mean God isn't listening? Does that mean my prayers were in vain? Does that mean he doesn't care? Does that mean my commitment was a waste of time? And to all of those valid questions in life, I give an emphatic no. Because although my commitment didn't always lead me down the, uh, the easy road, it always led me to Christ. And although I didn't get the answer to the prayer uh, uh, that I wanted, that I prayed, God had bigger and better plans plans that I couldn't see from my vantage point. And when the sickness remained, so did God. And when the money wasn't there in the moment I thought I needed it, God was there. And we see it in the passage that these guys came out of the fire unscathed. It didn't even smell like smoke. And God was glorified. So yes, next level commitment to Christ will often lead us to the fire. But praise God, it will always lead us through the fire. Yes, next level commitment to Christ will lead us to the fire, but next level commitment to Jesus Christ will also bring us through the fire. The Israelites in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, were prisoners in Egypt, captives in Egypt, slaves in Egypt, and through the ten plagues, uh, and Moses going to the Pharaoh, uh, the, the people were released and given their freedom, and guess what? They left Egypt praising God for their finally having their freedom and not being slaves, and no longer slaves, and guess what? They got to the Red Sea. They got to a, a point where they couldn't go any further. Another problem, another issue. And guess what? The Egyptians were coming behind them, ready to kill them. But what did God do? He split the waters. He held back the sea, and they walked across. Yes, it often will lead us, next level commitment will lead us to challenges, to the fire, to that Red Sea in our lives. We don't want to do. There's no answers. There's no hope. But God is there, and he will always, always lead us through the fire. There's a beautiful song. We haven't sung it in church yet, but we're planning on it soon. And it's called Another in the Fire. And this is what the words say. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. The chorus says this, there was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. All my debt left for dead beneath the waters. I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. And should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning, either way, I won't bow to the things of this world, just like these guys. And I know I will never be alone. There's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding what power set me free, there is a grave that holds no body. And now that power lives in me. And the last verse says, there is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come what may, in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone, and it finishes with this chorus, there'll be another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I, never, should I ever need reminding how good you've been to me, I'll count the joy from every battle because I know that's where you'll be. I I'll count the joy from every battle, from every fire, from every struggle, from every pain. I'll count the joy because I know that's where you'll be.
So friend today, the one in the fire now, the one that feels like your wheels are spinning, the one that is trying to be committed to Christ but not really feeling that peace that pastor talks about so often, the one who is broken, the one who is hurting, the one who is scared, the one in the darkness, can I remind you that he is with you. We sang it today. You never walk alone. So hold on. Stay committed. Stay committed. Stay committed. We all know people with amazing testimonies of the grace of God. The people that we trust. The people that when they come into a room, like you know something different, that you kind of want to have a conversation with them because you want to hear some of their stories. The people that we look up to, the people that we listen to, the strong ones, the faithful ones, the, the peace-filled ones, the, the ones with joy on their face. Those people in our lives, we all know some, maybe it's a grandparent or a boss or a, a parent or a friend, but some of them are like, man, I have people in my life. Seth Campbell is one of those people that, man, I, just, I love getting around him because he, he just oozes the joy of God and the peace of Christ. Who are these people? Can I tell you who these people are? They're the ones who've been through the fire. They're the ones who trusted God in the storm that they faced. The ones who said, God will rescue me, but if not, I'll choose to trust him anyway. I'd say any person that you know that you look up to, that man just has so much hope and faith, I guarantee you they have faced the fire. Faced the fire. So if that's you today, the one in the fire, and it hurts and it's painful right now, just know that he is with you. There's a fourth man in the fire. And he will use your story if you let him. I know I've quoted a lot of songs today, but I just felt like as I was preparing this, there were so many songs that the Lord brought to my heart. And this last one, I, part of the challenge this week is for you to listen to these songs. And I'll give you the artist and I'll give you the, the title for you to write down. But this last song, I heard it last year before we had a really hard year. And it really carried, us, carried me through. And the song is called, I Choose to Worship. And this is what it says. I choose to worship. I choose to bow. Though there's pain in the offering, I lay it down. Here in the conflict, when doubt surrounds, though my soul is unraveling, I choose you now. And it says in the chorus, I will praise you through the fire, through the storm, and through the flood. There is nothing that could ever steal my song. In the valley, you are worthy. And this is the line. You are good when life is not. You will always and forever be my song. I build my altar right here and now. In the midst of the darkest night, it won't burn out. For you are perfect no matter what. In the joy of the suffering, I sing it loud. And it says in the bridge, when the enemy says I'm done, I lift my praises. When my world comes crashing down, I lift my praises high. Till the darkness turns to dawn, I lift my praises. I choose to worship. I choose you now. Next level commitment to Christ will lead you to the fire. But it will always lead you through the fire. And as we close this morning, here's my challenge for you this week as we, as we begin our kind of closing and getting ready to pray. For those who are in the fire right now, I challenge you to, to pray a prayer, to pray a prayer like this. Pray a prayer like this. God, I'm committed to following you through this trial until it's over. In faith, you will deliver me from it. But if not, I choose you anyways. God, I'm committed to following you 
through this trial until it's over. You're going to deliver me from it. But if not, I choose you anyways. Pray that prayer this week. Pray that prayer this morning. Another part of the challenge is think of somebody you know that is going through a hard time right now, that is going through the fire. All of us know somebody that's facing a difficulty, that's facing a challenge. And my challenge to you today as we talk about next level commitment to Christ is, yes, in our fires, we need to rest in Him. Part of that commitment to Christ is when we have a friend or a family member or a brother or sister in Jesus Christ that's going through the fire, we're called to reach out. So if you know someone this week, you can think of someone, maybe right now, God's already put someone on your heart. God has already put a name in your heart, on your mind. This week, reach out to them. Maybe a phone call. Maybe a text. Maybe, hey, let's get coffee. And fight together. Not against each other, but against the enemy. We're in this fight together. We're living life together. That's what church is all about. It's about community. It's about us knowing we're not alone in the fire. In those three songs, Another in the Fire by Hillsong, I choose to worship. And the name of the artist is Rend Collective. Rend Collective. And the, last, the first song I mentioned was Even If. Even If, and that's by Mercy Me. And I encourage you to listen to those songs this week and let God speak to your heart. We must be committed. We must practice next level commitment. God will bless your life. And you'll get to the fire, I promise you. I, I, I wish it wasn't so, but it is. Part of growth is pain. Charlie is growing up. He's getting taller. And he, oh, my legs are hurting. I'm like, that's growing pains, buddy. It's definitely growing pains. You're getting taller. And spiritually, guys, we're going to face the same things. Every pain and hurt that we suffer, especially the ones that are not invited, God is doing something beautiful in us. We must stay committed. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and grace in our lives. Bless us, God. Help us, Lord, even now, Lord. Even now. Help your people to pray. Speak to hearts this morning. Many are facing fires, maybe hidden fires. Maybe it's one of those fires that no one can really see. It's not this big blaze that the world can see, but it's just a little, little trial, a little struggle that maybe just that one person knows about. Maybe their spouse doesn't even know. Their kids don't even know, but they know. Give us grace to be next level committed. Fire is hot and it's real and it hurts, but you have led us to it and you will lead us through it. That Red Sea in our lives, maybe it's a health problem, maybe it's mental health struggles, anxiety or depression. You want to make something beautiful out of all that. We must depend on you. Maybe it's fear for the future of our kids. Maybe it's fear over a marriage that seems to be falling apart. I don't know. But let's be committed to Christ. Let's walk through the fire. Look around that fire. He's with you. He is with you. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. 
Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.